You are listening to To Tertanagra, the podcast that seeks to explore the vast and rich Star Trek universe one episode at a time. Hi there, I'm your co-host Michael, aka The Trek Lad, and I'm joined as ever by my super co-host and good friend Dan Decker. Hey Dan, how you doing? Hey Michael, I'm doing really well. Uh, And just to put you at ease, my friend, regarding the journey ahead... I would watch 500 episodes and I would watch 500 more just to be the man who watched 1,000 episodes of Tanagra with you. Da, 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 da. Right? Um, Dan, <laughs> you, yeah. you continue to amaze me with your wonderful knowledge of karaoke. And... Um, I mean, you do realize that every time you do this, my expectations just increase that you will continue to do this for the next 800 episodes, right? As you often point out, I did this to myself. <laughs> well, I'm pleased that you did it. And uh, I'm yeah. sure I'm sure if you're listening, uh, please feedback on Dan's amazing vocal abilities. I enjoy it. And uh, Dan definitely enjoys it. And I hope you I'm do as well. I'm always looking for suggestions on the next traveling themed song. To open that might episode. be a thing. That might be a thing. That might need to be, you know, because we've been talking about having a Discord channel for a while. Maybe what we need to yeah. do is just have everybody file into there. And then we're like, okay, so what should the next song be? And I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. All right. But uh, we're here. But also, who else? Who else? Yeah, absolutely. So just to confirm, uh, or just to go back on what the whole idea of Tutanagra is, if you are new to this podcast, welcome. Basically, what we're doing is we are revisiting every Star Trek episode in chronological order. I can literally hear you. I know you're going, oh my God, what a journey. But it's a journey that we're pleased to be on. Every week we're joined by a new guest, uh, and I want to bring that guest in at this time. Uh, They're a very passionate Star Trek fan. They have a very unique brand around them, Uh, but we we absolutely love our guests today. Uh, They love Star Trek as much as we do, and as soon as we mentioned that we were going to be doing this episode in particular, uh, she was like, I have to be the guest. I have to be on it. So without further ado, please welcome to Tanagra, your Pika Highness, Captain Pikachu. How you doing, Captain? Pika Pika. Yeah! <laughs> Pika, Pika, Pika. <laughs> All right. Oh, we've oh, been looking forward excited. to speaking to you. <laughs> Yes, Just so I you am. know, I would like to be in uh, all 500 of those miles or episodes, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, because uh, Michael and I are obviously uh, a bit mad, um, we have more than a few podcasts spun up right now. So we'll be able to entertain <laughs> you, hopefully, for years to come. Uh, but I just want to put it out there to all the folks listening. Uh, I am beta artemis years old when it comes to her peak of highness so uh my <laughs> my enjoyment of of your passion for star trek goes back a little bit longer not the brag age but you know i mean i've been around there for a minute um and it is absolutely a pleasure to have you here on tuta tanagra uh we are going to uh dig into uh the episode unexpected yeah michael <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking forward to this one and I know you have as well cap. Um yeah, so we are on oh, episode definitely. we're on episode 5 of uh Star Trek Enterprise or episode 4 if you count uh Broken Bow as two episodes. I know some people do. So episode 4 or 5 depending on uh where you are. I know technically we're on episode 4 of Two to Tanagra. So we're just going to call it episode 4. But yes, Dan, you are correct. The episode is unexpected. Uh a, a very famous uh, should we call it famous? Famous episode, a famous early episode of Enterprise. If you have I mean, not, it's threshold level, you know, <laughs> infamous. It, I think it, threshold it is. Levels. I think it's a genius, genius episode. <laughs> well, we're going to get into it. But if you have not seen Unexpected, first of all, why are you listening to this? Go and listen. Go and watch Unexpected. Um, you know, for better or for worse, so you can enjoy this podcast a little bit more. There will be spoilers, just to warn you, because that's the nature of this podcast. But just to confirm the plot synopsis so basically the enterprise encounters a ship that is feeding off of their warp field which is causing the enterprise to uh 
encounter some issues, let's call it. Um, Commander Tucker goes over to this alien ship. Uh, they're called the Zurelians. They're a very unique race of aliens. He goes over to help them repair their warp drive. And he meets um, a wonderful uh, Zurelian engineer, and they bond. Let's just say they bond. And um, after he comes back to the Enterprise, he learns that somehow he is actually pregnant. And uh, this gets um, this gets very complicated when they try and track down the Zurelians and realize that they are um, flying very closely to a Klingon battlecruiser. And that's where I'm going to pretty much end that synopsis because I'm going to hand over to Dan, who uh, I think he wants to get us started with some interesting things that he wants to talk about this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you, Michael, for the, the reminder of uh, where we are uh, in our adventure uh, with this beautiful uh, enterprise and its wonderful crew. Um, this episode uh, has a lot of, uh, you know, for all for all of the uh, jokes you can make and the fun you can have with it, because, I mean, honestly, you can pretty much do that with every episode of Star Trek and all the series. But there are some themes that stand out that continue as like a through line uh, from, from you know, the, the earlier episodes of Enterprise. Um, and, but one of my favorite things, and I'm hoping that, that, uh, uh, the good captain can agree, uh, my liege can agree, uh, <laughs> that, uh, this is awesome because it's a trip focused episode. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not, as I was a kid, trip lieutenant. was my favorite character. So yeah. And I, I've loved trip, uh, you know, as a Southern uh, boy myself. Uh, I can appreciate his uh, uh, his desire for catfish, um, you know. And <laughs> that's another big theme in this episode. As a, also a southerner. <laughs> yes, and uh, I like some catfish and some hush puppies uh, uh, and all of that. Uh, and so Trip and I could get along uh, at a family barbecue event. I think we would do well there. Um, but you know, um, I was never really satisfied with the canonical ending uh that we saw with trip um and and you know i, I kind of dismissed that as myself so i'm really happy um <laughs> uh, to see trip uh highlighted in this episode but uh getting started uh it starts off with a bit of a, a bit of a joke with archer or with, sexy scott Bacu uh bacula i mean right, we, scott, we, i thought about that too a lot of sexy time in enterprise <laughs> I like how that's just how we open it, though. It's just like, yeah, no, okay. no, casually taking a shower. Why not? <laughs> I, I wrote one note. I wrote I wrote one note for this episode, and it was sexy Scott Bakula. And that is that is it. That is all I wrote for this episode. Because cause th cause this, episode, this episode is a trip. This episode, literally, it focuses on trip, and it is a trip. Absolutely. Uh, um, I, my like, notes are kind of, um, shall we say, somewhat explicit. <laughs> <laughs> well, this it's, isn't this isn't a family podcast, so you can uh, you can let rip, Cap. <laughs> well, basically, in that very beginning scene, I think all I wrote was like, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I in like that. capital letters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I thought the effect was really well done too, on a practical note. Very but, strategic. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The not quite to very the sonic strategic. Yeah, <laughs> it's like very strategic shading on the like the shower, the little alcove that he's in. It's like mm -hmm. that just so happens mm -hmm. to be covering some other certain body parts. <laughs> very strategic wow. effects. Uh, but that leads, <laughs> you know, that that beat leads right into. The best part of every Enterprise episode, the the theme uh, that I think we all agree uh, is is just a righteous uh, a righteous song uh, applicable to Star Trek. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna just I'm just gonna go out and yeah I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna just say it's better than the Voyager. I'm joking I'm joking it's not no, really right now we're not starting <laughs> fights here though easy bro don't start a religious war. <laughs> this is Star Trek we're talking about, but. We all have faith in the heart, don't we? We do, we do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the fact that it's a trip-focused episode, uh, it's always going to be fun. Um, you know, he starts off, in my opinion, as a really strong character uh, for Enterprise anyway. 
Um, and, uh, you know, along the way, uh, he's the one who's got issues with what's happening because, you know, what's happening to his ship, man. Um, he's got, you know, somebody's messing with his pride and joy. Uh, so we got to sort out and that's, that's how we meet our new friends. Right. Um, so what did you think about, uh, the aliens of the week? Cap. Oh, me? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, I, I think they're pretty awesome. I would, I would actually like to see them come back into the story again, um, perhaps in Strange New Worlds. Because uh, it's actually, it, it's curious, the, the whole thing about uh, their holographic tech. Mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. really interesting because their holographic tech seems to be basically what ends up being the holodeck. (laughs) Right. And I thought about that too. And I thought, wouldn't it be, well, and you know, I didn't think, wouldn't it be, I immediately inserted into my uh, continuity in my head that trip uh, laid the early foundations for holodeck technology uh, and stood up that ridiculous adventure he had uh, as a part of a holodeck novel. Yeah. Cause I, I was, I was thinking because, I know a while ago when Discovery was on, uh, there were people talking about the holographic tech on Discovery being too advanced that they didn't have it. And I was like, yeah, but Enterprise saw them meeting this, the Zerillians, which basically had like one of the most advanced holographic tech there is. And yep. For all we know, the Zerillians are part of the Federation by the time it's 100 years later. I mean, I would think Absolutely. once the Federation is formed, surely that they would have extended out a greeting to the Zerillians since they were already friends to begin with. And it's a, it was a good first contact, too. Uh, right. And, they uh, seem to be very happy with each other. So I was like, surely they'd be like, if they share tech with the Klingons, they should share tech with the Federation. <laughs> I think it was a good. I think it was a good first contact once they'd gotten over the the initial shock of uh, of what exactly happened. Because I think the the one thing that I I always found interesting about the Zerillians was did Trip just not do the best job with with the uh, with the warp core or whatever was preventing them from from going to warp for extended periods of time, or is it just a Zerillian trait that they kind of linger behind? They use their cloaking technology um, to just leech off of warp power um, because it wasn't long after they had parted ways that they then found the Klingon battlecruiser with the Zerillion ship um, kind of in its wake. So I'm kind of like, is that just what they do? Uh, Which kind of seems kind of weird, really, that they have all this incredible technology, uh, all this holodeck technology. They can pick food off the walls and all that kind of crazy stuff, um, but they can't keep their warp cores from from burning out every five seconds. Um, But I will say that I... (laughs) Um, I found them to be very interesting um, in in terms of the way they uh, they have a very unusual kind of uh, physiology that the sparks when they touch you and things like that um, and the whole um, breathing in um, they breathe in different type of uh, atmosphere so you have to spend time kind of getting used to their atmosphere and and trip obviously goes through that and then he refuses to rest and and then he's basically passing out after five seconds and and i do have to just return back to previous episodes where i basically said trip is probably not supposed to be in space right right <laughs> well that draws out the second point that uh, i was i was kind of seeing as a as a theme along the way here um you know i thought it was really funny though just as kind of a child of the late 70s, early 80s, that they made him play a game of Simon, um, that old pattern-matching <laughs> light game. Uh, was a, they still make them, but um, you know, it came around. It was new when I was young. Uh, but um, Trips continue, uh, the, the continuation of Trips' struggle with understanding alien culture, uh, but bless oh, he's him, so sure bad at it. <laughs> he's he's really so bad, bad at it. it. <laughs> he's just like... But the thing is, they, they played... Rather than... Because... Obviously, we, we get darker as the show goes on and, you know, spoilers. Right. Um, but here it's kind of play for laughs. Um, there are some things in this episode that I didn't consider. And having gone onto the message boards, I'm like, oh, 
Okay. Um, um, we will we will get there. I'm sure. Um, but the, I think I might suss out a little bit of what it is you've got. But uh, but I will say this: the Zerillians, and the one thing that I always laugh at is um, this is kind of like really the first uh, first first contact with an alien race that doesn't involve aliens attempting to cut in the hole and and all that kind of or, or rock monsters. So it's the kind of first like normal first contact that the Enterprise crew have. Um, normal being probably not the right word to use once again. Um, but the Zerillians are really, the writers of this episode do a really good job or try really hard to make the Zerillians just look like they're totally different from anything mm-hmm. that we've seen. Totally different aliens, um, which which is good because we're seeing that as the audience. We've seen so many episodes of Star Trek at this point. Uh, we want something a bit different. And the crew of the Enterprise, they are encountering these really exotic aliens. However, guys, I'd love to know your thoughts here. I do laugh when you've got Trip in the conduit underneath all of these wires. And I'm like, those wires oh look like they were shot brought. They look United States <laughs> shop bought, uh, and uh, the, the kind of illusion of these very unique and uh, exotic aliens was immediately lost to me. It was, it was like a, it was like a bad rave. <laughs> I think I was more distracted by whatever the thing that the boar they were like sliding up and down from, because it reminds me of those little like wheel board that i used to have in pe class that we would like push each other around on (laughs) you'd have to like you'd have to like lay down on it and then like people would spin you around and that's what it reminds me of i'm like oh look it's on a it's on a track but it feels like pe class (laughs) and didn't we have another tapping on the glass moment with the fish and the thing when he walked by didn't he did he tap on that glass oh they just can't help (laughs) themselves can they they just have to tap on bang on windows i don't want to you know I don't want to slag them. That's the other. But, that's uh, the other note that I have is I. I they kept going back. I was just like, "What are those eels?" Like I was really <laughs> confused. It's their cetacean ops department, like what's on the Enterprise D with <laughs> whales and the dolphins. I was like, I <laughs> but was apparently thinking, like, they first, can't keep the warp coils aligned. <laughs> at first, I thought it was like, are are they? Is it like food? But then they say their food grows all around them. So like, so that's not food. But then why do you just have like random yields? It doesn't. I've got to wonder if they didn't starve the writers uh, of Enterprise like every month, because the, all they do is write in opportunity to eat. Fox is all about some blueberry pancakes this episode. Uh, the food grows on the walls. You know, uh, to Paul's all about the foamy, cold foamy breakfast soup. Gross. Uh, you know, I will say, uh, I will say, I don't know. Do when they get to the new ship is learn how to eat. <laughs> I don't know what those uh, cubes of water were. I'm assuming they're they're just um, uh, trans. They look like trans- Jello. Yeah, they look like uh-huh. Jello. They they probably were right, but for some reason, and I don't know whether it's just the sensuality of that moment. They they they. I I reckon they would have tasted like marshmallow or something like that. Something sweet, yeah. something nice. And I was like, yeah. I kind of want some. I kind of want some of that. There's kind of a similar uh, looking, uh, I don't know exactly what it is, but a lot of, um, you know, American Chinese buffet restaurants had um, kind of a similar looking. uh, Le Monge. It is a sweet, yeah, but it wasn't marshmallowy, but it is sweet. But uh, my note on that is water jelly and wall food. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm there for I just have repeated notes of what are those eels? (laughs) (laughs) i was really concerned about the I, i'm kind that. of i'm kind of there for food that you can pluck off the walls though i'm, I'm kind of there I know, for I that would be, right would be found more. Oh. Oh, i think yeah. I, I found my reason of why i like enterprise so much because they're always eating right i mean it's always food uh, and food i'm based. constantly hungry so and uh you know, poor Trip though, he was very cantankerous, which is kind of a theme for him. Uh, but I never really bought that he would be so resistant to just going and taking a nap. I mean, it shouldn't have taken an order from the captain to get the man to acquiesce. Uh, but I thought letting him wake up near, you know, sounds of the ocean was nice because this is from Florida. That would be something, um, you know. Uh, and then as she's feeding him, we get the little sparkles and um, we all know that doesn't uh, that doesn't bode well for their later interactions. Right, should, should we should we get into that interaction? Because I've been dying to talk about this, right? Well, um, it's because 
it goes. I said uh, she. She's like, hey, that's enough sexy time. Let's go to the hollow deck. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say one thing before they switch on the hollow deck program? Um, I I do have one other note. Uh, set design is shit. And I just, there's just, honest, there's something about that holodeck room that just looks so rubbish. Like, it makes some of the old sets from TOS uh, look uh, state-of-the-art by comparison. And I'm, I'm not necessarily meaning that as a bad thing. I mean, this is clearly a campy, not very serious episode. Uh, and you can tell that through the writing all the way through. But as soon as they go into the holodeck, or whatever they call it, whatever the Zerillians call it, I'm just like, that looks like shit. I just thought it looked really shiny. <laughs> I mean, shiny, yes, but also just okay, trippy. It it's, like a, it's like a fancy loo, isn't it? It's a closet. <laughs> I was just distracted by all the shiny things. <laughs> As you can see, this is what would happen with me on a starship. Ooh, shiny. It's like a squirrel. Right. <laughs> I'm like the mentality of a squirrel. Well, what I, think I like about this, though, go ahead. No, I think I think there are worse mentalities to have. So, I, I oh, think, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say um, this. This though, it highlights again Trip's overall sense of wonder uh, for us as the audience. Um, uh, he, uh, you know, he is genuinely amazed at what it is that he sees, uh, even though you know he sees it in a in a sense of wonder and magic, but. When she's like, you know, uh, uh, re repurposed or recycled photons or whatever it is, reconstituted photons. Um, resequenced uh, photons. Resequenced photons. That's a, uh, uh, you know, he gets it. He understands, but he's still amazed that it's even possible. Uh, but he doesn't question, you know, uh, whether or not uh, um, it's it's a, uh, uh, you know, technically possible. It's just it's just a sense of amazement for him. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I really love with Enterprise is that they get to have this sort of like new wonder that I think, you know, with all the other shows, they kind of don't really have because mm -hmm. like all the other shows are set in a world where the Federation is established. The world is kind of established. There are rules that they follow and it seems like it's just another day at the office, you know? <laughs> Whereas, like, with the Enterprise crew, everything is new. Everything they yep. do is, like, the first thing that they've ever done. So, like, everything is just, like... It, it's like, you know, having an, an adult look at the world and having a baby look at the world, you know? Yep. <laughs> a baby's going to be like, oh, my God, what are all these things? I must touch everything. And, and then, they do. you know, as really an, good at it. And as an adult, you know, you're, you're just like, okay, I'm going to hear, I'm going to do my job, do all these things that I'm supposed to be doing. So it's like, it's really cool that I think Enterprise is probably like the most unique show in the perspective because like everything is just so different and humans haven't ever come out this far into the world to like, really see everything so we're kind of like babies that got thrown into the deep end and like you didn't even know how to crawl yet and you're already trying to paddle all around the ocean right. <laughs> it's like if you sent geordie over to the zerillion ship right he wouldn't care he wouldn't even bat an eyelid he'd just be like oh so i got to breathe some different oxygen for three hours okay cool i'll just sit here cool nice and right, uh, he exactly. would he would he would go and rest for an hour because it's in the Starfleet manual of, of how to behave on a Zerillion <laughs> right. ship. Uh, so he, he he just wouldn't even be like, he wouldn't be calling Picard every five seconds. Picard wouldn't have to tell him to go and sleep. He'd just be like, okay, shrugs the shoulders. All right, see you in a bit. And, and that's that's it. Um, yeah, there's such an efficiency to um, all the other Star Trek shows. And even, you know, with Pike and with Discovery, it's like, you know, they, they all have their role to play and everybody knows their role even though things are exciting it's also like yeah we're here to do a job we're gonna do it but like you're still trying really to figure out like... what all the jobs are right now <laughs> right it's like nothing's established nobody knows anything everybody's just like oh there's a shiny thing i'm gonna you know touch it <laughs> well i um i have here uh once we get to the holotech she's fascinated by his 
five o'clock shadow. Uh, but uh, also, it seems and and Michael, you uh, you picked this right up off the right up off the queue, buddy. Uh, it seems that sexy socks uh, shocks is a theme in this episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and Trip really likes those sexy shocks as well. And um, it doesn't seem to mind. Yeah, but it's Trip. Little... <laughs> I feel like that's Trip's character. Yeah, he doesn't mind the sexy shocks no matter where they come from, really. <laughs> I, I will say that she she was quite fond of his five o'clock shadow. She should have a look at uh, some of us that are sitting in with corona beards right now because she'll be like, wow, fascinating. And, uh, you know, I quite like to have some shocks through my beard. It might straighten it up. <laughs> but, but do you want to be pregnant and grow a couple extra nipples? I will... I will say this. I think it's actually the first use of. Uh, I think it's the first. Um, it, it was a really kind of like close-up shot of that nipple, wasn't it? I think that's the uh, first time we get a close-up shot of a nipple in uh, in, in Star Trek. Um, but but yeah. So um, yeah. Is that what the nudity warning is for? <laughs> Probably, honestly. Because it's TV fourteen, nudity, language, and gore. And I was trying to figure that's out what the nudity was for. It's What's, a very, the goal? It's a very What's the goal for? Accurate. I mean, it's I got don't little. Know. That's what I was confused. It's got a little man areola and everything. It's like it's you know it's a little little dude nipple. It's perfect. Was Gotta there more nudity, in this though. episode? I didn't think so. <laughs> well, I think now I'm really confused about the ratings. I mean, uh, seeing how everything is food uh, related, maybe there was some brown chicken, brown cow, and the little bowl of rice they put their hands in. It's also like it says language, so I I don't know. Was there bad words spoken in this episode? <sighs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Michael, you recall any any foul language? Um, I do remember the Klingon captain calling them all Pataks, uh, which you know is is very offensive, and uh, yeah. you know whenever I hear that word, I'm triggered. Um, so I'm yeah, assuming that was the reason. Word. We're gonna have to. Mark <laughs> that was the language warning. explicit. So you had some you you had some thoughts about the uh, the the crystal bowl though, Michael. Yes. Well, I the thing is right is for me unexpected is one of those really rubbish episodes that you can't help but just enjoy, and you know there are a few of these episodes. I mean, you get the occasional episode where you're like, this is bad. And I'm also just not really having that much fun. And that's what phones are invented for because you can just do other things. Um, the unexpected is one of those bad episodes that you just watch for the whole, you know, the whole duration. I, I watch it every time and I laugh every time at the same bits. Um, but yeah, so, so the sequence, um, that we're talking about is the, um, infamous uh sex scene it's a sex scene but it's just an alien sex scene and and i guess what i like about the episode is they do really go out of their way to make the zerillians just the most alien race you've ever come across um and um yeah so they put their hands in these crystals and uh, it makes them telepathic and they know everything about each other but there's obviously some uh materialistic transference uh that's going on and uh, and trip obviously w should we say benefits from that transference he's obviously not thrilled he's not thrilled about it when he finds out but um you know towards the end we find out that it's not so bad um but i will say the one one thing that i do remember from this episode is this was the episode for me that really highlighted just how good uh, Jolene Blaylock was as at playing a Vulcan. Because there are mm -hmm. a lot of scenes where they're sat in sick bay where it just looks like Scott Bakula is just corpsing. He is just laughing his ass off. Um, and I'm sure they had to do <laughs> no, a few takes. Especially that scene where T'Pol just says, like, perhaps the next step was you meeting her holographic parents. And you just see Archer, <laughs> he's got his hand over his mouth, and he's just, like, yes. slowly dying, about to, like, melt into the floor, dying. <laughs> My uh, my note on this my uh, my note on this bit is that Trip doesn't remember having naughty bits exchanged with the alien. <laughs> well, I, I, he's he's quite and adamant, Fox, isn't he? Fox isn't even phased by it. He's like, oh hey, pregnant dude. Guess that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I actually... he's just fascinated by everything. 
I just thought it was actually like I I thought it was really like really forward thinking of its time, even though it's like you know early two thousand that like. Nobody really blinks an eye that Trip is pregnant. They're just more concerned about like how did it happen yeah. rather than oh you're pregnant, which is kind of like you know it's like if, if you were more like taboo about that sort of thing, it's like oh no male pregnancy. But here it's just like oh you're pregnant. <laughs> I was like okay sure you're pregnant why not? <laughs> I would well, say he even <laughs> notes that that's not how he wants to be in the history books. <laughs> I would say one thing that I guess the the episode dis- did miss a trick on is I I would have assumed that there would have been more fascination at Trip being pregnant and instead they kind of just they had Trip running around in increasingly baggy clothes uh, looking increasingly desperate as he got nipples on his wrists oh, and, and things he's like nesting. that. He's nesting in engineering. Right, so well, this is where we like, bring in I Captain Piker on the. <laughs> This is where we bring in Captain Piker on the OSHA, right? <laughs> exactly. See, that whole entire scene of Trip just, like, going off in engineering about the handrails, I was like, I get you. I get you. I get that feeling uh-huh. all the time. Every time I watch an episode, that whole entire ranting scene is basically me all the time. <laughs> it's brilliant. And I don't even have to be and pregnant Con- Con- for that. <laughs> Oh, he's so good. He plays that role so well. It was just like that whole entire time where he was like talking about the handrails and the small person. And I was just like, you go, Trip. You tell them. <laughs> <laughs> it's not safe. But also, I was glad that um, that the Enterprise at least has handrails somewhere. So <laughs> it's not like they're right. just like handrail lists. <laughs> and I thought it was interesting because at one point when they meet up with the Klingons later, um, Archer actually specifically says, hold on to something. And I was like, somebody is saying that. I'm glad somebody is saying it. But can you maybe like put handrails like at every station? <laughs> I feel like that would be more useful for them to hold on to. It's just be like. Well, they seem to learn the lesson a little because the. The Franklin gets seatbelts, but not every ship after that. I don't understand where where they forgot that seatbelts were a thing. Um, well, you know, I think the Franklin as important was a, as they are. It wasn't the Franklin a warp? It was a testing ship for warp four, I think. Right. So maybe they thought seatbelts would be good if you were going <laughs> that fast. <laughs> I guess. But I, I'm thinking there's a there's a note here. Trip goes back to the mess. <clears throat> Because, of course, he's hungry. Uh, and, um, he thinks, like, everybody's looking at him and everybody knows and that the Paul sold him out and that, um, you know, that the whole ship knows he's pregnant now. Uh, and, and they're probably not because, you know, uh, he's probably just being, being paranoid. Um, but it's come up a few times already. We run into our old, uh, old friends, the Klingots. And uh, they are always looking to space fight pew pew, man. They really want to get into a tussle. Uh, and Michael, as you and I have discussed before, uh, must have been Thursday uh, uh, in uh, deep space because uh, they were looking to they were looking to rough it up. Uh, the, what I like about the Klingons in this episode, and I, I will say the one tiny niggle again, being I'm I'm the niggle guy this episode is I didn't like the fact that we got the holodeck um, technology so early, and it, it's something that Enterprise yeah. really it's something that Enterprise really struggled with earlier on is they just couldn't help but kind of go, oh, do you remember this? Do you remember that? And it's like, well, this stuff should have taken longer to to kind of happen and and for us to kind of experience that. Um, but but we kind of got the Klingons at the end, and it, they did kind of come out of nowhere um i do like the shot of them being you know in the distance and they can see the the battle cruiser but i'm just kind of like it, it felt very much and obviously the term member berries wasn't really around in 2001 but it was kind of like a do you remember the klingons here we go um right and my in my mind there are still some really funny bits in this episode uh, as we go forward um but as soon as the klingons kind of came into it it kind of lost its way a little bit because to me mm-hmm. This episode was all about uh, the differences between the humans and the Zerillians and, you know, having a crew of humans who are still very, very new in this voyage um, come across something that is so alien and they just have to kind of get used to it because we have to get to a point in the future where you have Geordi LaForge going over to these ships and he's just like, yeah, okay. So to get to that, you have to have these 
rocky first experiences. So it kind of makes sense that all of the first contacts the uh, the Enterprise crew are going to have aren't going to be, you know, particularly plain sailing. Um, but yeah, as soon as they come across the Klingons, I mean, it does what I do like is you get the... Um, you get the comparison, you know, the Enterprise encounters the Zerillians and they're kind of feeding off their warp field, causing them all sorts of problems. Um, Archer's approach is peaceful and to say, well, can you stop doing what you're doing, please? Because you're wrecking the ship and you're throwing my balls up in the air. And uh, I don't like that. Um, whereas the Klingons, <laughs> they are they are literally just like, right, aft torpedoes, fire, lock a tractor beam. We get the wonderful shot of the Klingon, uh, which has become the Klingon fart meme now, um, and because uh, that's where it's from. And, uh, yeah, it's a completely different approach. And uh, the Klingon commander is like, yeah, so uh, bring me the captain and execute everybody else. Just just completely just off off the cuff. Just just kill everyone else. That's fine. And uh, it's, uh, it's a wonderful reminder that we are going back to the Klingons being the antagonists you know they are the bad guys in this time and everybody kind of still thinks oh wolf he's cool he's nice no these klingons uh, will literally kill your entire crew so it was a nice kind of return but for me the episode kind of started declining a little bit when they kind of moved away from what was going on with trip and zerillians i just thought it was funny when one of the klingons he was in the holographic chamber was like i can see my house from there that is the fu- that is that is the line of the episode, and every time it happens, I laugh my ass off. It's such a funny line. Yeah, I could see my house from here. That's so great. That's so like I I've never related to a Klingon more than in that moment. I'm like it's, it's, that's well, exactly like, what I would say. That, yeah, and one of the things that draws you out though is that that's not like ultimately that's not how the Klingons would have behaved. They would have blown the shit out of. Them the civilians for you know regardless of of the pleading from humans but uh or uh, actually to paul who sells the uh, yeah i mean to paul uh, is like master (laughs) she's just like she's learning exactly she's learning how to be really sassy she's learning how to like carefully manipulate people and she's learning how to like exaggerate a little to paul is life goals basically (laughs) Well, you know, and to Paul being Vulcan and uh, given, um, you know, she is uh, she's very familiar with how the Vulcan hello regarding Klingons. So she's not there to mess around when it comes to not getting us floated in space. Um, you know, I, I really uh, like her when she was like talking about like bringing up about Archer saving Klang and the pilot and then basically using the Klingon sense of like honor and wisdom against them by saying yep. like, it would not be honorable or wise if you did this. And you know, the chancellor calls him a brother and they're just kind of like, that's <laughs> <laughs> very good. Uh, very good play on that for sure. Um, and I loved the look of the cruiser and it had a nice updated feel kind of, um, uh, it did have a very, you know, it's the ship you see more in the motion picture version of the battle cruiser than it would be, say, the original series version, uh, just given the technology of the time. But it was is a nice update to the model to give it a more, um, you know, relative in universe, uh, probably a better uh, overall look of the time period than than what we've seen before of that ship. Uh, and I thought that was a really nice, uh, a really nice play. Um, just cause you know, uh, there's no, uh, there's no denying that I'm a big fan of ship prawn. So anytime, <laughs> uh, we get to see, we get to see the ladies in the sky, even if they're the bad guys, um, you know, the Derrick's class, uh, Romulan, uh, Warbird is one of the most beautiful starships, uh, created for, for anything. Uh, just cause it's a baddie doesn't mean it's not pretty. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> So are there any closing thoughts? Um, it's, uh, it's for me, um, uh, I have a note here kind of contrary and contrast to, uh, I wouldn't say contrary, but contrast to, to Michael's uh, is that uh, uh, overall I love this show even as much as I've seen uh, this particular episode. I still think it's great for it's great in beats, not necessarily in the through, you know, from, from beat to beat, it doesn't really always land, but the the bits that do make up for it, um, and we get some really good character moments with Trip and Flocks and Paul 
an archer, uh, and we learn about a new uh, friend out there in the wild. But overall, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it, it is what it is, and it's a real fun episode. I think what's really interesting for me, though, is uh, watching it, having two perspectives on it, one as, like, child me and then one as mm-hmm. adult me, because they they both see the episodes in very different ways. Because when I watched it oh, as a I kid, I related to Trip a lot. So that like that sort of impatient and crankiness and everything, where it feels like you know you're you're like you just want to go out and do things. Like I always felt like you know when when the Vulcans were telling us to like hold back and wait and be patient, I was like. <laughs> Trip and all the other humans, like, ah, oh, this silly Vulcan's trying to hold us back. But then it's like watching it as an adult, and I'm like, none of you should step a foot outside. <laughs> Why are you going anywhere? <laughs> I am concerned about every single one of you because I, I don't think you survive. And honestly, without T'Pol, I don't think they would have made it the first year, to be honest. <laughs> I don't think so either. I really don't. So I'm just like, I think as an adult, I relate to like to Paul and Flocks even more because it's just like they're, they're like the space mom and dad, actual really. adults. Yeah, they're the only two like real adults on that ship, and everybody else is just like they're just running out the door trying to do all of the things, and you're just like trying to hold them back. <laughs> and I'm like, I. I understand now exactly how Tapol feels. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I get it. They're just, it's like children, you know? They're <laughs> just like, they all want to run out and go off and do things and like, no, I'm not a child. I'm in a, I'm a, a grown person. I can take care of myself. And you're like, no, no, you can't take care of yourself. <laughs> you're just stop, stop doing anything. You're just going to get yourself killed. I mean, that's essentially kind of what happens throughout Enterprise is just that, like, humans run headlong into danger and T'Pol is just like, oh, my God, why do I why do I have to deal with these people? <laughs> it's a whole vibe. It really is. Yeah, it's just really interesting because it's like you'd never consider that when you're watching it as a kid. And it's like that perspective is just like you just want to go out and do things. But then it's like as an adult you start to see the like logical side of things and you're like, Oh yeah, maybe this wasn't such a good idea after all. Well, I tell you the more that I become like my parents, the more I can appreciate that. That's for sure. Uh, Michael, you have any closing thoughts about uh, unexpected? (laughs) It was unexpected. Wasn't it really? Um, (laughs) Yes. uh, Waiting all this time to, to crack that joke. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an interest. It's an interesting episode, isn't it? I, I mean, I, as we as we've said a few times, the threshold of Enterprise. Although I will say that Enterprise has a few more gems in it. Uh, the way I see Unexpected is it's basically the complete opposite, the complete polar opposite um, of the classic movie Alien, in that you have male pregnancies, uh, but this one ends just quite nicely. There's no terror <laughs> although although i'm sure i'm sure uh trip would disagree uh midway through the episode um when he was worried about becoming a working mother oh it's just yeah i mean it's it's oh, just it's really beautiful. really really silly stuff um i love the light feeling of the episode even when the klingons got involved um and uh, and yeah i i don't really understand why people hate it i i don't under- i mean you can you can dislike it maybe it, it does have some if you wanted to get really deep into it and ask the question wait does trip get raped um i don't i don't know i never really look at it like that i never really get that in depth in it the way i see it is they are so alien they have no comprehension of of that happening if they did that because uh, she seems quite surprised. Well, I think she says that. She says that. She says that her. She didn't know that this could happen with another species. Yeah, but I always, yeah. I always yeah. kind of, I, I don't. 
I never saw it as them having sex, unless I'm missing the point here. Um, and it could just be that the transference from her body caused him to become pregnant. I mean, maybe that's not how they actually reproduce. Um, to, you know, she described it as being a game. So I, yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> well, it's, it's, and maybe that's, that's it was a translator malfunction. <laughs> Yeah, you know, maybe, <laughs> there you go. They so maybe the the game of love, as as they refer to it in a in a very oh, early yeah. TNG episode. Um, but yeah, I'm I don't have a problem with this episode. It's uh it's stupid. Um, and yeah, I, I maybe I would have preferred it if it was maybe 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 more mid season rather than kind of being early episodes. I guess maybe they had just had to get it out of the way. Um, but it's, it's a light piece of entertainment. Trip has a lot of moments to, to shine. And uh, there's, there's something about seeing Scott Bakula being a tenured veteran actor at this point, really struggle to kind of keep it together. <laughs> <laughs> and he played opposite Al and you know, Quantum Leap, which is no small feat. And uh, Dean Stockwell was such a good... I feel like so. this whole entire episode is just like, if you watch his face journey, is like really entertaining. It's like an entire show by itself, where he's just he's reacting acting. to everybody speaking. <laughs> he's just like, the like inner monologue in his head is just like, oh my god, what is that? Keep it together, bro. Keep it together, bro. <laughs> exactly. I also thought um, it, this was an interesting thing as in like a commentary on pregnancy, I thought. Because just the yeah. whole idea of, like, especially, I think, in, like, even in the early 2000s, it's, like, the, the idea of, like, you know, like, the whole idea of, like, being pregnant and what happens. And obviously, I think at that point, you know, we're still at the point where it's, like, oh, well, you know, men don't understand what being pregnant <laughs> means. And just, like, the, all the changes. But, like, I, I feel like this episode... Maybe that's kind of why it got a bad reputation with some people, but I thought it was really interesting in the way that they, like, chose to present this story where, like, first of all, it just wasn't a big deal. Like, they didn't try to make it into a big deal. It was kind of like it was just a fun thing. And then also they had some talks in there about, like, you know, like, your responsibilities and, like, what's going to happen if you have a child and then Trip, you know, mentioning the fact that, you know, like, I worked hard for this position as chief engineer. And that made <laughs> me wonder, you know, if this was like some sort of accidental or, you know, perhaps obviously overt allegory to the fact that when women become pregnant, suddenly their job position is in question, you know? Right. And, right. and that made me also question if Trip is thinking that, then how does pregnancy policy work with Starfleet? That if a person getting pregnant suddenly means they can't be in the work position that they're in. Because that's a really deep. Because <laughs> then it's like, imagine if you're a captain. This. Imagine if you were a yeah. captain. Like you worked captain your whole Hernandez, life. Right? You're, you're, you're a female captain. And then say you decided I will also want to have a child. Does that mean you have to give up your captaincy to go have a baby? You know, it's like, I, I was always very curious about that because it, it's never really, really talked about. And obviously TOS had that whole uh, turnabout intruder where there was the whole question of like, are women even allowed to be captains? And obviously discovery answered that yes, at the time you can't. But I was just like, it made me really curious about what is Starfleet's position on pregnancy? Like, right, can right. you be a captain or be a chief engineer and be in these important positions if you have a baby? And does having a baby therefore preclude you from, you know, being in these important positions? And are we still in, you know, the 2150s still you know, basically blocking or preventing jobs or like, affecting people's careers simply because of somebody being pregnant. Because I, I would think we've advanced to a society that surely is 
more relaxed around these sorts of rules, you know? So sure. I was just like, it, cause it seems like just with the way that Trip was so concerned about his job position that I was like, is that his just paranoia or is that like actually something to be concerned about that if, you know, if you get pregnant, suddenly you can't be in this job or, you know, what happens with like, if somebody becomes a father, does that mean they have right. to leave their job as well? So it was just really, like, it brought up all that really questions that I was like, yeah, Star Trek doesn't really answer any of that. Well, and and uh, I think that we could probably do an entire episode of one of our various shows. Uh, but unfortunately, we, we are at the end of this trip to Tanagra uh, for, uh, for this episode of Enterprise Unexpected. Um, Michael, you have any final final thoughts or, or want to send us out? Yeah, well, uh, first of all, uh, Captain Pikachu, I think we just kind of fell into the real richness of the episode right at the very end. So uh, <laughs> I, I, as Dan said, I think we do need another episode to cover that at some point. And uh, yeah, it's just been absolutely tremendous having you join us on this very unexpected, <laughs> unexpected episode that covers unexpected. Um, thank you for joining us, Captain Pikachu. Uh, where, what are you up to right now? Where can the good people find you? Well, everybody can find me on Twitter at HerPikaHighness, and um, I will probably just be screaming about life, Star Trek, <laughs> maybe Archer and Porthos. They're very cute together. It, it sounds <laughs> and, good. And, I... about, and about seatbelts, of course. You know. There you go. So uh, seatbelts. Archer, Porphus, if you want that kind of stuff, go and check out Captain Pikachu on Twitter. Um, Cap, you are always amazing to have on these shows uh, and uh, hopefully this isn't your, well, hopefully we'll have you again um, here at Tanagra. So uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And that will just about do it for this episode of A Two to Tanagra. I hope you've had as much fun as we have. What did you think of the Enterprise episode, Unexpected? Get involved in the conversation on Twitter. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider subscribing on the platform you're listening to this on. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TrekLad. Follow Dan on Twitter at Dan Decker, D-A-N-D-E-C-K-R-N-O-E. Uh, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. We'll see you again next week. Until next time, from Dan Decker and myself, Michael, a.k.a. The Trek Lad, and Her Pika Highness, Captain Pikachu. Live long and prosper. Pika Pika.